Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. On this Friday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? That's what we were looking for. We're live from the Footprint Center today. Coverage all show brought to you by FanDuel. We're glad to be out here. Suns taking on the Trailblazers tonight. Got some injury news about the Trailblazers. We'll pass on a little bit. Well, I'll just tell you right now, Anthony Simons has been ruled out. He will not play. No Dame, no No Simons. No Dame, no Simons. Bad news. That means bad news for the Trailblazers. (laughs) Okay, before we... Second best record. So before we start the show today, got to tell this funny story. Uh, And it won't take us long, I promise, because it's really funny. The power went out of Gambo's house today. The power, the whole neighborhood. The The whole neighborhood. Power just, whoop, power, gone. So Gambo's... I was on my way to the gym. Yeah, Gambo sends us a text that says, hey, my email's going to be late. Power's out. Not sure what to do. Turn around. Chelsea didn't know how to open a garage without me. Long story short, you get the power up. Yes. And... And in your efforts to get internet back, you t- just tell everybody what you told your wife, because you told me over lunch today, and so I laughed for five minutes. She was able to figure out a way to use my phone to get my home computer to work. Yes. It's called a hotspot. Oh, it's a hotspot. It's called a hotspot. It's on your phone. Genius. And a lot of people may not know this, so I'm probably teaching people about this. If you go to your settings, <laughs> I'm sure. you've got a thing called a personal hotspot. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people don't know. There's so many things on the phone. Uh-huh. So yeah. my wife was able to go to my phone, take the hotspot, and get my computer to work off the hotspot. Okay. I was inc- it was incredible because I, uh, I, I kept texting you guys, I can't work. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I can't, get a, I can't get on. The power's out. And then, you know, like, the, the internet and everything was, like, down. I was like, I'm kind of screwed. And so she used my hotspot and got me on. I'm guessing 95% of our audience had, had no, no idea. idea. I know. That's why it's just I'm is saying a very public service yes. announcement because uh-huh. I didn't know how to do that. Uh-huh. Okay. So then I said to her, I said, listen, I go, look, if for some reason, if we if we don't ever make it, you got to promise me I get five calls a year so you can help me with this stuff. <laughs> because I, I, I don't know how to Zelle money and Venmo money, and I didn't even know I could get my phone to make my computer work. <laughs> I, was like, I believe that your phone met. So I said, listen, if just for some reason, like if you ever divorce me, just can I get five calls? Just five a year. I won't, five calls. I won't go any further than f- I get five calls a year. <laughs> Charles, Charles. I don't, I, don't know how do to, this. I don't know how to do this. Would you please come over and do this for me? I need to send money to this person. Can you send it for me? Because I don't know how. That's so funny. That's My, so so yeah. when you run over your allotted five, five, then you have to like pay her money for the sixth time or the seventh time? I don't know. I, mean, no, I think like that's it. I'm just like, all? listen, for some reason, you know, if you ever decide to leave me for somebody much that's richer, much taller, darker, enhancer, and much younger, I just want five calls a year. That's all I want. I don't need anything else. Just five oh, calls wow. a year for you to help me with technology. God, that's funny. That and you yeah. thinking that nobody knows their phone is a hotspot are hey, the two funniest things I've heard did all day. You, I've met people, this, a lot of people probably don't know that your phone can connect to your home computer and you can make your computer work off your phone. Let's uh, just leave that hanging there and let's weigh yeah. in on what our top story of the day is here on the Burns I'm and Gambo show. I'm here for you people. Mm-hmm. You even items. make coffee with ice in it. 
Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Oh, big, big, big game coming up on Sunday for the Arizona Cardinals. This is it. This is it. (laughs) This is it. Yeah, this is kind of it, right? I mean, like, I know, look, we spent all week and we've talked about this three-game stretch the Cardinals are about to go on where they're hosting Seattle, they're visiting the Rams, and then they're playing the 49ers in Mexico City. And we focused on the three games, the three games, the three games. Man, let's just focus on the one game because you lose this game and you're really pushing a boulder up a just, mountain, right? And I was just about to focus on the three games. Oh, where you want to go with the one? Ah, sorry, I was so. And I, and I'll tell you why. And okay, you, tell you me why. All right, you know you, it's fine. So I looked at the schedule for all the teams that the Cardinals are playing. Oh my gosh, you really did, did focus did. on the three. Look at that. And here's why I think they're in some trouble. Seattle plays the Rams, Tampa Bay, and then Vegas. That's their next three games. There's a buy in there. They play Arizona, Tampa Bay, Vegas. San Francisco plays the Chargers, Arizona, New Orleans. The Rams play Tampa Bay, Arizona, New Orleans. One of the things, this you might have to win all three, and I'm going to just tell you why. New Orleans plays San Francisco and the Rams. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay plays the Rams in Seattle. Tampa Bay has... How many wins? Three. New Orleans has how many wins? Three. Somebody's going to win those games. Mm-hmm. And you've got three wins. So, like, I don't know. Like, one Oh, so, okay. So, no, I like this. No, this is good. This yeah. is good. This is, okay, we're winging it here because this, this is good. You're, 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 you know, to get into the playoffs is a wild card. You're going to have to beat out New New Orleans and Tampa Bay and either San Francisco, Seattle, or the Rams. Because the NFC East is a juggernaut right now, right? Uh The the Phillies in, the Cowboys are in, the Giants are in. I don't know. I don't know. They might have to go 3-0. Because what you're saying, they might is, have to go three and zero. If, if I'm understanding, at first I thought you were looking at the schedules and saying, "Hey, look at how easy everybody else." No, I want to see who they were playing. You're looking at it and saying, "Okay, somebody is going to win those games, and those teams are going to hurt the Cardinals." And you're, and you're right because you're, you're you're working against you, you're that, not that's your just competition. chasing the West. You're ta- chasing those three and five teams for wild card spots. You're, you're with them. And somebody's going to win those right. games. Right. So the Rams are going to play Tampa Bay. The Rams have three wins. Tampa Bay's got three wins. Somebody's going to win. The Rams are going to play New Orleans. Now, right now, New Orleans has three wins. The Rams have three wins. Somebody's got to win. Yeah. San Francisco's got to play New Orleans. Somebody's got to win. Or CF, San Francisco has four wins. New Orleans has three. Seattle's got to play Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got three wins. Seattle's got... So my point is, like, you know, you keep looking... You like to look at this as one game. I loved looking at it as a stretch of three games. Because we came in, honestly, thinking... They got two and one. They're okay. I don't know if two and one's if two and okay. one is okay. Yeah, you I don't think, know if two and one does it. I think they might have to get to six and five. Ooh. And you know what that means? What they got to win all like, all of those games? Well, okay. I thought there was something else hidden there that you were no. another point you were billing to. Yes, they I, have I, to go three and because oh. I just think that because now you're going to be down after these three games, you're going to be down to six games left. Yeah, and and I wasn't trying to throw you off by focusing on the one game. I, I just know that that we spent most of the first part of the week focusing on the three, and then yesterday we just spent a lot of time talking about how man you lose just this one. Now to your point, if you really Believe and you make a compelling argument that you need to go three and zero. Might have to. Then it ha- then that makes this game Sunday must win. 
right? So whether you believe in a short term or whether you believe in a long term, either way, you believe the Arizona Cardinals have to win this game yeah. on Sunday. Listen, I promise you have this. To. I promise you this right now. They lose to Seattle and they fall a three and six. There's a zero percent chance that I will be talking on Monday that the Cardinals still have a chance to make the playoffs. Zero percent chance. You lose and fall to three and six, and somebody's these other t- some of these other teams in the NFC are going to win. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I, there's not no part of me that can lie to the public and say, "Don't worry, there's still a chance left." There's not. There's not. Okay, and then that you saying that puts the emphasis back on the one game okay, so, versus yeah. the three. You see what I mean? So, so we can look at it both ways, and I'm fine looking at it both ways. You saying that. And I agree wholeheartedly, by the way. You will not catch me on the other side of the studio going, oh, but wait, there's a chance. Oh, but maybe. If oh, they but win this, the next oh, but two, then, they're right uh, back in. And they're done. They're three and six. It's done. You, put a fork, you put a fork in them if they lose to Seattle. And I think they understand that. Cliff Kingsbury today, and then we'll get to the injuries here in a minute. Was there a different level of intensity in practice after the loss last week in preparing for Seattle? I'd say guys understand where it's at. And there's a lot of frustration last week with how that game went and not finishing um, so I would say we had a really good week of practice and uh, focus was good intensity was good and I just got to make it transition to Sunday now of course this is a rematch a game we just saw a couple of weeks ago the Cardinals didn't have DeAndre Hopkins for that game they do have him for this game he's been targeted 27 times in the two games since he's been back he's on pace for a 1400 yard season and he missed the first six games oh, of the, the 125 catches or whatever it is Yeah, and he's on pace for 125 yeah. catches whatever wow. it is he's also got a rookie cornerback who's probably going to spend the majority of time on him based off of where Hop lines up and where he lines up. Now, that rookie just won NFC Offensive Rookie, Defensive Rookie of the yeah. Month, so he's good, not, but you would he's think not that's that good. He's advantage D-Hop here, right? Yeah. It's got to be yeah. advantage yeah. Well, D-Hop. Yeah. Listen, I don't care how good that kid's been. This is a different level of, of wide receiver he's going up against. Alright, let's do the updates with the injuries now. This is Cliff Kingsbury. Hold on, should I sit down for this? Yeah, you probably uh, should. Go ahead. James Conner and DJ Humphreys are game time decisions. Um, yeah, feeling better. We'll see how they feel Sunday, but uh, feel better today. Okay, I'm hearing good news on James Conner. Oh, good. Okay, okay. Buddha Baker. Cliff Kingsbury is optimistic that Buddha will play on Sunday. I hope so. Yeah, we'll see how he feels tomorrow on the run Sunday and see where he's at. Okay, that's good too. The one name that it sounds like we got a definitive no on, and we haven't seen the official injury report yet, by the way, was Dennis Gardeck. Sounds like it's a no-go on the Cardinals linebacker that he will not go. Here's Cliff. I was stalling. There Doesn't look great. I was stalling for a one-second soundbite. <laughs> doesn't look great. <laughs> I could have just said it. It doesn't look great. That's what Cliff the, said. Yeah, the only update I can give you is that I've heard positive signs on James Conner playing. Without saying he's going to play, okay. I've heard good things that it's very likely that he's going to play in this game. The signs are pointing towards him playing in this game. So they would get their, their featured running back back, which would be a good thing. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, he now thinks that ASU football could, maybe, possibly, qualify for a bowl game. How the heck did we get here? We'll ask the man who predicted it. John Wilner, our buddy of the Mercury News, joins us next on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
I got a lot of you. Having our next guest on the show has been uh, on the to-do list for us for a while because there's been so much content that he's been putting out there that we wanted to ask him about. Um, so we welcome him to the program here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We welcome back from the San Jose Mercury News, Pac-12 Insider, John Wilner, who joins us here on Burns and Gambo. John, good to have you back on the airwaves, man. How are you doing today? Uh, good. Thanks for having me. I uh, love having you on. Uh, best Pac-12 uh, writer out there for sure. And let I, I want to ask you about Iguano and ASU and U of A, but let me, let me just see, is there any update on the future of the Pac-12? I know you wrote about the Big 12 deal and that the Pac-12 may be able to get even more money than that, but, but with UCLA and USC leaving and, and other uh, conferences maybe trying to you know grab some of these uh, schools, we've talked Arizona and Arizona State, Have you heard? is there any update on what the future of the Pac-12 Pac-12 is? No, not really, but I think we'll know something soon. You know, all signs, it's it, it's never official until they have signed a contract, right? But right. the best guess is that the 10 schools are, in fact, going to stick together, uh, at least for the next six, eight years. Uh, I think we're going to know more later in November. There's an important meeting at the University of California Board of Regents uh, in two weeks, and I think they're going to decide uh, UCLA's fate at that point. And then once the Pac-12 knows what is happening with UCLA, I think things could move pretty quickly in terms of signing a new uh, TV contract. The in, the Gonzaga story was interesting to me. Gonzaga maybe to the Big Twelve. They're a basketball uh, powerhouse, and the Big Twelve is a is a good basketball brand. And, but the Pac twelve is a good basketball brand too. Would, would that have any bearing on what happens in the Pac twelve or no? No, I, I mean I don't think that's going to have any bearing on whether the Pac twelve schools stick together. Certainly, if they do stick together. Adding Gonzaga would, would be an option. You know, there's a bunch of expansion options. They could add Gonzaga as a basketball-only school. They could add San Diego State. Uh, they could add, you know, they could try to get into Texas and add SMU. So there's a lot of expansion options, but that's kind of secondary to whether the, the 10 schools are going to, to stick together. And Gonzaga's situation doesn't really impact that. And, you know, the pac is talking to Gonzaga also. It's just... They're not making it public, right? The Big 12's not doing anything special. Yeah. The, the last question on this, because I, I know you'll have insight on this. At this point, are we still kind of operating under the premise that the bulk of the media rights will go to an Apple or an Amazon streaming type company? Or are we still looking at some traditional broadcast mixed in with this as well, John? No, I think that there's going to be a mix. Uh, I, I think that the best guess is that there's a a split like 50% ESPN 50% Amazon or maybe maybe some of that goes to Apple too maybe some of ESPN's goes to Fox but it's not going to all be on Amazon or Apple they they're not going to do that they recognize the importance of having you know a traditional media company uh you know cable uh over the air television access that kind of thing uh, exactly how it's going to get broken down, I don't know, and that's a big part of the discussions that they're having. It's a big part of how much money they're going to end up getting. They're, they're certainly they're, they're going to be ESPN is going to be a partner of theirs. I am sure of that. Okay. Yeah. The fear here, you know, with, with ASU and U of A in our back uh, backyard was just simply that after USC and UCLA left, that Oregon and Washington would soon follow, and it doesn't look right now that they have anywhere to go. Is that is that correct? Yeah, no, the Big Ten, 
all indications are that the Big Ten is probably not going to add any more teams right now. And so if that's the case, Oregon and Washington don't really have a place to go. Now, again, it is not final until the contracts are signed, but my sense is that the Big Ten is done expanding for now and probably done expanding for you know the rest of this decade you know once their new their current once the contract they just signed expires in 2030 they may try to expand again but but it seems like they're done and so Oregon and Washington are going to be part of the Pac-12 in whatever shape and form it takes. John Wilner from the San Jose Mercury News Pac-12 Insider, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. All right, all of that is fine and well. I wanted to ask you about your prediction that ASU is going to go to a bowl game this year because I read that a couple days ago and I'm like, oh, we got to talk to John about that. You you are predicting a possible upset this week for ASU over UCLA and maybe using that as a springboard to get into any kind of bowl game. Tell me what kind of led you to make that prediction, John. Yeah, I think ASU is going to win the game Saturday night. Um, wow. You know, a combination of two things, really. One is, you know, UCLA is a little bit vulnerable. They don't have a great defense. And, you know, I, I think that this is the kind of game where they could maybe not play with a maximum sense of urgency, right? Their opponent's under 500, and they just got ranked in the playoff rankings, and they're coming off a big home win. So they're a little bit vulnerable, and they're vulnerable on the road with, with a pretty wobbly defense. Uh, at the same time, ASU has got they got some good players, right? I mean, yes. they're not a top tier team, but they have, especially at the skill positions, they got players who can who could score touchdowns, and you, you match that with the way uh, Borges been playing in his last couple starts or his only starts, right? I mean, I thought he should have played at Stanford. He, he should have, But yeah. they've been, you know, tearing it up with him. They got they got good running backs. They got good pass catchers. So I think ASU's going to score on him. And then it becomes a shootout, right? And UCLA's defense is good. ASU's, or UCLA's offense is good. US, uh, ASU's defense is pretty good. It's going to be like... 42-35, somebody, and I think ASU's got a great chance to win. Yeah, two great running backs in this game, and the validate kid for ASU, the transfer that they got has been fantastic. Sean Aguano, he, he's a little bit of a legend here, having won a bunch of championships in high school as the head coach at Chandler. Now, the reason why I think if he wins this game against UCLA, I think he's the head coach, but ASU has tried everything, John. They went with the old, proven guy that won in Dennis Erickson. They went with the young up-and-comer with Dirk Cutter. They went with the middle team guy in Todd Graham. They went outside the box with Herm Edwards. This is the one area they haven't tried is the, the local guy who knows the market better than anybody can recruit here and has had a lot of success. Do you think Sean Aguano has a legitimate shot to be their coach? You know, I don't know if that is answerable now. They, there's still a bunch of important games left. Uh, he, it may be that the next few weeks lead in that direction. I don't know. Uh, the way I look at it for ASU is, uh, and the way I think ASU should look at it, is they should put themselves in Arizona's position and say, what head coach is going to make Arizona football nervous? What head coach is going to make Arizona football sit back and smile, right? And I think that you could probably come up with a list of names under both categories. And if I'm ASU, I hire the guy that Arizona doesn't want you to hire. 
but can they get that guy? Like, that might be Deion Sanders. They're not going to get him. I don't know that this is, you know, the Auburn job is available. ASU's probably the fourth or fifth best job that's available right now. Is, you know, are they good enough? Or and, and with the with everything that's happening with the investigation, can they lure that type of guy here to Tempe? I don't know. A lot does depend on when they get their notice of allegations and how severe the sanctions are. It also depends on how much money Michael Crow's willing to spend. So, uh, you know, if if the sanctions are are limited and they know before they hire a coach. You know, that's going to be the timing, and that's going to be very tricky. They they put themselves in a little bit of a bind here. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But they certainly, you know, if they're willing to spend the money, they, they've got a good chance to hire somebody that would, you know, cause Arizona to squirm a little bit. Last one for you for John Wilner here from the San Jose Mercury News. Are you surprised Ray Anderson is still the VP of Athletics at ASU, John? Nothing surprises me with the way ASU goes about its business uh, on the athletic front. Wow. Yeah, us too. Us too. Us too. Us too. We, we, are, we are all in the same boat on that one, Sean. Hey, listen, we appreciate your time, as always, especially on short notice. Thanks for coming on. We always enjoy reading your stuff, talking about your stuff on the air. Thank you, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks, John. John Wilner joining us from the San Jose Mercury News. I, you know, to his point, though, and to your point, I think Sean Aguano could make Arizona a little nervous just because of how he recruits in-state or how he would recruit in-state. That might- I think I'm going to take the James Jones philosophy. Don't give me the best player. Give me the best fit. Give me the best. What's the best fit for ASU? Yeah. See how he does these next few games, right? Yeah. Like, it, it, a lot. I do think you beat UCLA. I'm, I want to hire him right now. John's, John's right. A lot depends on what happens these next few games. When we come back, are the Suns in line to get a big boost back to their team tonight? See what I did there? Big boost? Yeah, that's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, we sent it back to the Auction Community Studios where Eric Ruby is standing by with our poll question. How many people knew that a hotspot on your phone could ignite your computer? Even so many miles away, Gambo, we're already on the same page because that is a poll that we posted. Is it really? Yeah. 97.9% of people this might be not know. Oh, they knew, Gambo. Oh, they knew. Oh, they knew. Oh, they, they really do. Did? You yeah. got some uh, welcome to the Stone Age comments. Uh, Gambo feels more accustomed to rotary phones anyway. <laughs> Simply a Lord have mercy uh, gift. It, it, 97%, basically 98, Gambo. I'm going to vote no right now. One yeah, of our fre- I voted no. Man, One I of just our saw fre- it move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of our frequent tweeters, Lena, tweeted us, the iced coffee discussion is still the funniest the Gambo didn't know discussion of all time. Yeah, I feel like I've been living under a rock but with this, some of this, this stuff. This one might be the second funniest that you didn't know your phone could be a hotspot. I didn't know my phone could get my computer at home to work. Yeah. How are you supposed to know that? They don't, they don't tell you this when you get your phone. Hey, by the way, read the like get your phone. You know can they have turn classes. They have classes at like the Apple store where people can come in and they'll teach classes. you how to use your phone. Yeah. Right. right. Do, let's, do let's, you know what I wasn't very good at yeah. when I was younger? <laughs> Fair just, enough. Just the ridiculousness of the suggestion itself. Yeah, Gamble's going to go to a class to learn how to work his phone. Um, so we're running at what, 97%? And basically 98%. All right. Well, the good news is that. There is three percent of the audience that I have now helped. Their fingers make coffee with ice in it. One person at a time, right? If you could make the difference in one person's <laughs> life today, that now knows that they could use their phone 
if their internet is out or the power's out or whatever to not your computer. Changing yeah. lives one person at a time, Gambo. It's one like, person. Looks like at about time. six people six here. Six people at a time. Maybe yes. five. Uh, all right. I, I know that's a poll question we have on Burns and Gambo. What's the other poll question we have on Burns it's and a, Gambo? It's a busy day. Obviously, we have our Friday Classic, but we also have a snap count poll question of the following players. Who do you think will get the most offensive snaps on Sunday? Not should. Here are your four players. Robbie Anderson, Trey McBride, A.J. Green, and Greg Dortch. Now, before you answer, A.J. Green had more snaps than everybody else on the list last week. I'm going Greg Dortch. Oh, that's the one I was going to go with. You can, we can have the same I still answer. Can't, no, I know. That's that's the one. I, I, Greg Dortch. Put me down for Greg Dortch. He'll have, of those four guys, he'll have the most, not special team snaps, you're talking offensive snaps. Correct. He will have the most offensive snaps of those four guys. Yes. Put me down. Sitting at a solid 33.9% is Greg Dortch, but he's in second place. In first, the people want more Robbie. 44.2% think Anderson will get the most snaps on Sunday. Second place is Dortch. Third Third place is A.J. Green at 13.3%, and then Trey McBride at 8. And then quick score predictions from you guys. Cardinals or Hawks by a little or a lot? Hawks by a little. I was right last week. You were. I was. You went Cardinals last week, didn't you? I did. I said Cardinals by a little. Now I got Seattle by a little. I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Cardinals by a little. Ooh. I'm gonna go against the grain here. Oh, I hope you're right. I'm not buying into Seattle. God, I hope you're right. I'm not I buying into right. Geno Smith. This Just, one is a close one. But I'm, leading the way at 32 percent is Hawks by a little. In second place at 29 percent is Hawks by a lot. No in way. third place at 27.9 percent is Cardinals by a little. And in last place, 10.9 percent Cardinals by a lot. Were you gonna say no way? No way. Those rookies are all gonna make the. the the Cardinals are going to win this game. It's pretty even split among the top three. You know, like it's pretty Seahawks by a little, Seahawks by a lot, or Cardinals by a little. That, that's pretty evenly split, split among those three. I, I hope you're right because if we come in here on Monday, it's going to feel like that's it. You know, it's, I do want to tell people I, I do know what airplane mode is. <laughs> right? It's a little airplane icon that you put on your phone when you get on a plane. Yes. I know what Bluetooth is. Good. I get my headphones Good. hooked up. Good. Okay. And oh, you're, I, look, you're looking through your phone I'm now to my see phone. the things yeah. that, you should, that you should know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, airplane mode. I got Bluetooth, I understand. Screen time, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Good. Yeah. Good. I, I, there's some stuff that I know. Mm-hmm. I'm not like completely, I'm not a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's that? I don't know what that was. I'm not sure what that was. That's the the more you know sound. Oh, is that what that is? Yes. yes. Is that what that is? I, I Okay, good. Thank you, Mitch. That's Mitch back there in the studio. We are here at, uh, I'm turning the attention away from what Gambo does or doesn't know, although it is still really funny. And thank you for being such a good sport about this, by the way. Uh, we are live at Footprint Center, Suns, and the Trailblazers tonight. Revenge, if that's what you want to call it, for the one and only loss the Suns have. These are also the top two teams in the Western Conference. Suns are first. The Blazers are second. The story about tonight, though, is the injuries. DeAndre Ayton is back. And look at that injury list for the Portland Trailblazers. Dame Lillard is out. Uh, Simons is out. They are bringing a knife to a gunfight tonight, Gambo. Yeah, and this is a tough stretch for them, too. This is the first of a six-game nine-day trip that includes two back-to- 
backs before they get home on November 13th. So they've got six games in nine days with two back-to-backs. It starts tonight in Phoenix. Then they got to go to Miami. Um, they've got to play Charlotte, New Orleans. They've got to play Dallas. So, I mean, they're going to be here on the West Coast. Then they're going to be out on the East Coast. Then they're going to be in the middle of the country. I mean, they're going to be all over the place. Then back out West. Uh, but no Damian Lillard. With that right calf strain, he his status remains up in the air. He got injured third quarter against Miami the last time they played. And then um, now with the injury to Simons, you know, they're really going to be up without two of, the, two of their best players. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, and then for the Suns, getting one of their best players back presumably tonight. Devin Booker yesterday on the potential return of DeAndre Eaton tonight. Here's what Book had to say about that. Be nice, man. If he's healthy, ready to go. Uh, got the rest that he needed for the long season. So, you know, even a light ankle sprain like that, you don't want it to linger. And, you know, I think he's back ready to go. He's listed as probable for tonight's game. We're assuming that he's going to be good to go and that he's going to play. I mean, look, there's still talent on Portland's roster. Josh Hart's a good player. Nurkic. Jimmy Grant's a good player. Yusef Nurch is Nurkic, a good player. Yeah, good player. Nurkic hasn't been a great matchup for DeAndre Ayton over the years, but but we'll, but certainly it does seem like the Suns are poised to really be able to bring it tonight with no Dame Lillard, no Anthony uh, Simons, and the Trailblazers are kind of playing the long game here, but they're still off to a really good start this season. They got the best record they, in the West. They are. They'll They'll be the underdog without Dame and if Simon. Like they've they've been the underdog in every game they played this year outside of one. Believe it or not, so uh, they've only been favored once. That was against the Rockets, who were one and eight. So this has been a surprise start to the season for Chauncey Billups' team. Now they've got some issues. Yep. Like they 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 committed twenty turnovers in their loss to the Grizzlies. They had nineteen last week in a loss to Miami. Uh, they're twenty seventh in the NBA in turnovers per game. So going up against a guy like Mikael. Bridges, going up against Devin Booker, you know, and Chris Paul. Like, this plays right into the Suns' hands. The Suns are a very good defensive team. They like to get out in passing lanes and tip balls, and they like to attack and trap and force you into a turnover. So you've got a Portland team here that turns the ball over a lot and you've got a Phoenix Suns team that likes to go after it and you know turn those turnovers into points. Yeah, and that's certainly something to keep an eye on tonight too. Now, the other unique situation with this matchup is that the two teams play again tomorrow night. And so the matchup you're getting tonight from the Suns could very well change for tomorrow. I mean, I'm reading in the same report that you had sent me about the turnovers that suggested that while Dame Lillard is out tonight, he could very well be back tomorrow. You know, and, and the, the Simons thing kind of happened at the last minute. Who knows? Maybe he's very well back tomorrow. I do think this Portland Trailblazers team, while maybe not one of the top four or five teams in the in the West, they're one to watch out for. There's a lot of good young talent on that team to kind of complement Dame Lillard. And I think they're a team that at the bottom end of the play-in, you know, the six to the nine seed in the Western Conference, they're a team that I think you got to keep an eye on. And almost subsequently, this could be like a first-round matchup for the Suns at some point down the road, depending sure. on if they finish 7th or 8th in the West. I could almost see something like that happening with these two teams. Yeah, there's definitely some young talent on that roster, but you know they they, they can't go anywhere without, uh, I think, without Lillard and Simons. Those two guys are just such a key to what they do. Now, you're right, Nurkic has given some fits to DA and the Suns over the past. He's one of those big centers that could do a lot of different things, but yeah, I mean, 
mean, I, I really like that kid, Simons. I think he's a really good player and, and a real good scorer. And he's young. He's 23 years old. And, you know, he shoots the three pretty well. And, you know, he'll, he'll get some steals. And he passes the ball pretty well. That other kid, Shaden Sharp, has played well for them, too. Sure has. And I was looking at something where... I believe uh, Chauncey compared him to like Vince Carter, and let me see if I can get my notes on this. But you know, Chauncey compared to compared him to some some great players in the past, and I think that's pretty interesting that he had such you know high regards for him as a player. So keep your eye on him. He's got he's a good young talented player. Uh, he also compared him to Brandon Roy. Brandon Those Roy, Brandon Roy, yeah, and Vince oh Carter. God. Remember Were Brandon Roy? Oh, I loved he was, him. Boy, before injuries, he, got hurt, he was so good. Such a dominant player. He was such a dominant player. He was so good. Yeah, he liked him. So he see, I compared him to yeah to former Blazers All Star Brandon Roy and eight time NBA All Star Vince Carter. He could be a highlight reel with some of the dunks and everything. He had a great game, seven out of twelve shooting, fourteen points against the Rockets that had three dunks. You know, Vince Carter liked dunks. So watch him this season. I mean, he's not a big time scorer. He's averaging about you know nine and a half points. Uh, in about 18 minutes, but he's one of those high flyers, and when he gets the ball, he, he does like to dunk it. All right, when we come back here on Burns and Gambo, Seattle obviously has changed quite a bit since the last time the Cardinals saw him, even though it was just three weeks ago. Defensively especially, what specifically about Seattle's defense makes this week such a challenge? We'll tell you next on Burns and Gambo. Arizona sports, the local sports leader. You know how you could uh, go to a bar and buy people drinks and stuff? or. Yeah. Buy somebody a coffee in line behind you. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go to a Starbucks. I'm going to be a free internet for everybody right now on me, baby. Here we go. And while you're at Here's it, order, the password. order a iced coffee while you're yeah. at it. Yes. I'm going to drink this iced coffee and give you guys all free internet right now. Because 24 hours ago, yeah. I didn't know either thing existed. And I'd be like, yeah, Starbucks already gives us the free internet, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I still, I like to use my personal hotspot even when I'm. Somewhere that has free internet, yeah. yeah I just I don't I don't know if I trust that. Right. I'd rather I'd rather it just it's sort of my that's you know how I knew I had a personal hotspot on my phone because I go there or not, huh? You're, you're our you're our fearless leader, Gambo. Where would we be without you? I just uh, sent my wife the poll question. She goes, literally everyone knows that. <laughs> like, well, we're still running at ninety eight percent of people knowing that their phones are personal hotspots. So she's right. Literally everybody knew that. Uh, literally everybody knew a few weeks ago that Seattle had one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. They were awful. They went through a two-game stretch where they gave up 84 points in back-to-back games against the Lions and the Saints. They were dreadful. They were, what was the word that uh, Brock Os- or Brock, Os- Brock Heward used with us yesterday? Putrid. Putrid defense. They've given up 45 points combined last three games. in their last three games. Yeah. That is the thing that is, and it started with the Cardinals game, right? That's 20, the thing that's yep. changed about the Seahawks team since the last time the Cardinals saw. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, you looked at them in the beginning, like they got to score 30 plus points to win games, but now their defense has really stepped up and played well. They, they've tightened up over the past three weeks. They're allowing 23 or fewer points in those contests. And, you know, one of the things you look at is just Pete Carroll. I mean, Pete Carroll was a defensive guy. He's always been a defensive coach, and he's done some things. They play a lot more nickel packages now to get that extra DB out there. They're allowing the defensive lineman to, instead of read, just react, be aggressive on the play, try to stop that run. So Pete Carroll has changed a few things. So it's not like they made this, outside of getting Bruce Irvin, it wasn't like this big personnel change. I mean, it was more like 
hey, we're just going to change the way we play a little bit to free these guys up to allow them to do what they do best. Yeah, and that was something we had Brock on yesterday, as I mentioned, and that's something he talked about as well. They just kind of changed their their approach to how they were playing. They quite honestly scrapped a lot of that and said, forget it. We're done with this. We're done We're done putting Daryl Taylor there. We're done playing this just passive catch everything. And not that they're Arizona, not that they're blitzing, not that they're going crazy like that. But you will see it. They're just aggressive. They're trying to shock and, and shed blocks and, and win at the line of scrimmage. They're doing more of it. And they're just creating a confidence and a belief that was just, well, it wasn't there in the first matchup a month ago. Now, that, that to me is when we talk about everything about Seattle and we wonder whether they're for real or not, whether they've arrived. I mean, they look like a good team, right? They're playing a really confident brand of football. But it seems to me there are three parts of their team where you say, okay, is that going to last? Okay. One, is Geno Smith going to last? Okay. That's first and foremost. Number two, when we talked about this with Brock yesterday, they're rookies. Are they going to last? Are they really going to play that well all season? Oh, yeah. They're not going to hit that rookie wall that, oh, my God, I'm used to playing 11 games and now it's 17 and you got to figure that's going to come into play for some of those guys. And then number three, I think, is the defense. Are they really this good? You know, are they really... I mean, I get Pete Carroll and, and the philosophy and sticking with what works, but that defense was awful for the first five weeks of the season. Are you going to tell me that they're just like that? that yeah. A month ago, they had the worst defense in the NFL, and now they're now they're great. They're a great defense. Like, right. what happened? That's you know, the sustainable part? Yeah, usually, yeah, there's usually a time when you kind of figure out a team that this is who you are, right, after a certain amount of time. So this is shocking. There are always those outliers, and the Seattle defense is an outlier. I mean, they were in the bottom of most major statistical categories on defense. They were terrible. The fact that they turned it around in this three-game stretch, like, is is that the outlier? Are they going to go back to being what they used to be? I would tend to think that they're more like the team that we saw the first five weeks than the team that we've seen the last three weeks. Defensively? Defensively, defensively, Seattle. yeah. Yeah, I think... Look, I think the Cardinals are going to score a bunch of points in this game. I think that the Cardinals are going to, you know, with Hopkins back. They didn't face Hopkins the last time they played him. There was no DeAndre Hopkins. Robbie Anderson, hopefully Cliff Kingsbury will figure out a way to get him involved in the offense. If James Conner comes back, and I think that's looking good, you know, I would expect that Seattle's defense is not this world beater because of because of the rookies, because they're just relying on so many rookies in this, you know, in this game. They've had a nice stretch for three games. I don't... I, I, I don't know if I want to go as far as to saying this is how this is who that defense is. This is a top five defense. No, I, th- I think I think that's the right way of looking at it. And I think having D Hop back. I mean, look, what's the number? They've thirty four points per game with nineteen yes. points per game without. Yes. Right? Yes. That's the number we're looking yep. at. All right, that's that's gonna played the Cardinals' favor, obviously, this weekend against Seattle. I mean, it's got to, and if it doesn't, something's really wrong. And you're right about Robbie Anderson. They've got it. Not that he's the savior, but he's certainly better than the alternative, and they've got to force-feed him a little bit to get him involved. Getting James Conner back would be a big, big deal. Nothing against Eno. He's been fine at times, but there's a reason why you gave James Conner $8 million a year. You have expectations of him. Not having Rodney Hudson hurts. You know, that, that's not going to be, hopefully they get DJ Humphreys back. Hopefully at least that part of their offensive line is intact because obviously he's a big upgrade. If they can get DJ and James Conner back, I think you're right. I think points will not be the problem for the Cardinals on Sunday. They'll score. 
It's just a question of will they be able to Kenneth Walker is he does he run all over Arizona? Geno Smith, does he continue the almost MVP like season that he's having? I think Seattle's defense is a little not a fraud, it's just a little I don't know if what we've seen the last three weeks out of them is truly what they are. And I think D Hop can expose that a little Listen, bit. Listen, there's a reason the Arizona Cardinals are favored in this game. Okay, because despite the three game stretch there, I don't think that, that Vegas and the people that make these lines are buying what Seattle's selling. Now, we talked about expectations and you know they're they're five and three and at this point you've gotta you know you've gotta think that this is gonna be a playoff team, but I, I just don't know that it can it can last when you're relying on that many young players and a, and now the you know, now it's been easy. Now it's gonna get harder now for Gino. These games are gonna get harder. I mean teams are scouting you more and they're not overlooking you like the the early in the season. I mean New Orleans what New Orleans rush for two hundred and fifty yards against them? In, yeah. Like two hundred and fifty like yeah. yards, I think yeah. the Saints rushed against them in that game. Game. Detroit had their way with them. Oh, man Detroit handled them. Scored at will. Whenever they wanted whenever to. Whenever they wanted to. Yep, whenever and they Detroit's wanted to. Detroit's a, a, a train wreck. Detroit's terrible. Again, Detroit's terrible. My whole life, they've never been good. You know? <laughs> no, honestly. I mean, I, t- I think being a Lions fan has to be like one of the worst things in the world to be a Lions fan. Like, if there's any team like you should disown if you're a fan of that team, it should be the Lions. <laughs> they've never been good in my lifetime. No, they've never been good. They've never been either. good. You know? No, they have not. Like, they had the, they had the glass Joe in the Mike Tyson punch out. There's uh, more Brock Heward on what was not working for Seattle's defense at the beginning of the season. They were trying to play a lot of this like big, heavy package, these bare fronts where you cover people up, but they were about a yard off the ball. So they're two gapping, trying to just catch everything and don't get blown off the ball. Don't penetrate necessarily. Don't get blown off the ball. So just play this like stalemate at the line, but it was it was terrible. It's just not in the DNA of any of those guys, Apuna Ford and Shelby Harris and any of them. Yeah, that was. And that's what they said. Be more aggressive and just try to disrupt things. Like, we look, just disrupt things. Get in there and wreak havoc and get, go as hard as you can and plug that hole and make that tackle and get that tackle for loss. And look, you know, we always say this, right? I mean, they're probably not as bad as they were in the first five games and as good as they were in the, in the last three. They're probably somewhere in the middle, but somewhere in the middle, like whether that happens, do they go back to being somewhere in the middle this week or do they have one more week of being a great defense. Yeah, and well, that's and that's a great way of framing it, and we'll find out on Sunday, because if they have another week of being a great defense, then the Cardinals season might very well come to an end on Sunday with a loss in this game, because that would that would just about do it for them. Now, when we come back here on Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, this Sunday's game, and I just referenced it a second ago, is this the be-all, end-all for the 2022 season, and if so, is this the be-all, end-all for Cliff Kingsbury. That's next. Burns and Gambo.